We're on Hollywood Boulevard. We're back, guys. How are you? Happy mid-December. Woo! Man, this this year is like going out like a lion, not a lamb. This month is like crazy, I find. Yeah, it's quite a month. Yeah. But I've seen some things. I have some things to talk about. I don't know about you. I have a thing. Okay, a thing sounds good. I have a thing. I mean, I could have more than one thing, but I don't really want to talk about any of them except the one thing that I am going to talk about. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go first or should I? Well, why don't you kick it off? Because you've got a bunch of... Well, you've got got more than a a thing. I got more than a thing. So we can go back and forth. So what I will say, what I'll start with is a thing that I alluded to in our sibling podcast. So back on the blog, I said, I have something that ties into the era of Melrose Place that I'll be talking about now. And what I am talking about is I saw a Broadway musical adaptation of the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, which was released during the second season of Melrose Place, and which included an actress, Mara Wilson, who was not only the youngest daughter in Mrs. Doubtfire, but also had a storyline where she was sort of Matt's stepdaughter on Melrose Place at the same time. The same exact time. It was all like November, December of 93. So there is a connection. I really, you know, I make sure it's all relevant. Um, But yeah, so this show is a very uh, new musical. It just opened at, at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. And... It's, I mean, it's essentially the same plot of the movie. Um, the the Daniel Hillard character that Robin Williams played is now played by one of the very best New York theater actors there is, uh, named Rob McClure. And he is a juvenile, kind of unreliable, um, mostly out-of-work actor who right. eventually just, like, is too unreliable and... His wife divorces him, and he really loses almost all access to the three kids who are like in like a six to fifteen kind of age range. Um, and and so, what does he do? He tries to get more time with them by dressing up as uh, this Scottish nanny, and he comes up with the name Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and you know chaos ensues as he as he insinuates himself in their lives under under this alter ego it's a really really sweet movie that works really well the message of the movie about there are all kinds of different families and the fact that it's not really about a romantic comedy thing of him trying to win back over the ex-wife she has firmly moved on but about him trying to be a better man and a better dad and also just a like a better adult mm. um, is is smart and kind of unique, and then of course you had like the gifts of, of Robin Williams in the movie. Um, the show just doesn't capture much of the magic, unfortunately, mm. of the film. Um, you know, like the this is another example of it's just more IP that has been adapted for uh, expensive. Broadway ticket audience. Um, there are some specific lines and moments that come directly from the movie to the stage to to satisfy, I'm sure, both producers and audiences. But the charm isn't there, wow. um, and it, like it doesn't even 
totally make sense now because some of the things only worked filmically, not on stage. Like, you like know, what? well, because the Daniel Hillard character is really a nincompoop, he has to learn how to be sufficient. So he has to learn how to cook and clean and and speak to young children in a way that will get them to listen. And in the movie, you you have scenes of that progression. You have a montage showing that progression. Right. It's just sort of there after a point in the musical. Because it mm. just, he has to be smart. Um, and like there's, the mother character played by Jen Gambatis is a very good actress and has a, a beautiful voice. Um, she gets a number that I thought was going to end up being one of like the standouts in the second act where she talks to quote unquote, Mrs. Doubtfire about what went wrong with the marriage to Daniel. Mm-hmm. But it's also vague because she doesn't actually say what happened. She just says like, I held on until I had to let go. And that's essentially what a lot of the lyrics are. And I'm like, well, no, I want to know like you were married for 20 years something had to like finally something a series of things had to go wrong and and the show doesn't tell us what they are so i don't understand why you were ever with him in the first place to to not want to be with him after a point you know they get divorced at the beginning of the show not before the show but it's like how did you have this husband be a man child because i get the sense he was like this his entire life so where did things change um it's just like that's a wall-to-wall song. Like the the music, the the lyrics don't really tell you anything more. Um, it's just like we have to give our mother character a number, um, and they also don't give the Daniel character any sort of moment because it's just about oh what a tangled web. Because it's sometimes he's in a costume and sometimes he's not, and who's going to catch him? And and when is he in the wrong moment with the wrong person at the wrong time? So the Daniel character never gets a song or a moment or a scene, a monologue, nothing where we learn, where he communicates to us, the audience, how he has changed, what what is different for him, what he didn't realize he did so wrong, what is wrong about the current situation for him. Because it's really just about like, well, you know, this person is going to... Um, you know, you know, for, like the court appointed person is going to check in and see me in my costume, or I have to be dressed like this, but I have this new work gig and how am I going to do both? And it's, you know, it's about the logistics of it all, but not about the emotion of it all. Mm, right, and that's right. ultimately the biggest thing that's missing. Um, mm. Physically and vocally, Rob McClure is outstanding in another season, in another time, he would have probably easily won the Tony. Uh, I don't see it happening now because i think yeah. i think the i think the tone of broadway is different now and also it's a it's a fall show and not a spring show and those typically do better right. um and it's obvious and it's closing right or no know. i haven't heard that okay I, i'm i'm pretty sure it's doing okay right now oh it's diana that's cl- diana the music Di- the show closing. diana that's is closing it. closing yeah. just a couple days probably after you guys listen to this uh yeah no i think mrs doubtfire is selling well also uh, it started like a half hour late when I went and I went Ooh. like two or three nights after opening. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's because of like vaccine card checks. I think it's mostly because people are just staying at the bar area. They have a, a, a an area sectioned off and there's literally people just drinking there. Like they're at 
a bar where they don't have to return to their seats or do anything. <laughs> Which sounds crazy, but I think this is what that, that setup hath wrought. Oh my god. Oh my god. So um so they're allowing drinking? I my understanding was there was no drinking in the Broadway. Like there were no refreshments served. No, they're serving refreshments and that's how people are getting around the mask rule because if you're eating or drinking stuff that you have paid for and they are allowing you to bring it to your seats, then you can take your mask off. So I think what they're supposed to be doing is they have a designated area in like outside in the lobbies or on some levels and you have to stay there and eat and drink there. And I think some people are sneaking their stuff into the theater and just uh, eating it there. Or that, drinking is, it there. that is so different from the touring house here where they are like, they're just like, no, you know, what's interesting. They, no. they, so they we were just, serving. we were just in Boston over the weekend. Everyone is, adhering to masking rules they are so much more rigidly than they are anywhere here which is for some it matters for some people are are more lax about it certainly walking outside i think you see a minimum of people that are still masked but walking around the streets of boston outside walking through boston common outside quincy market anywhere everyone is masked up inside outside everyone was masked here it's you know like indoors most people are generally compliant but outdoors walking through our parks not so much not so much wow damn well i mean i guess outside doesn't pose as much of a threat but still i mean you would no no yes my point was just that it seemed like where we went in new england that people were far more respectful of the rules in general yeah well you bypassed my state even we're like yeah we're like the worst right now. We're like the absolute. We're like I don't know. De- I like they're all the worst right one now. In in coronavirus infection or whatever. Yeah, it's new, all such new, a mess. New positive cases or whatever. I mean, it's like ridiculous. But you know, um, people are definitely not masked up here. Um, you know, and it, and and I shouldn't. I like I I haven't been masking when I'm going to like the grocery store or something like that. Although I'm starting to rethink that. Um, now, now might be a good time to. To yeah, buck up a bit. But I did get my booster, so you know. Oh, good. Is, you know that that is something. So at least I have that. But yeah, crazy times. Yeah, so that's Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's kind of a misfire. Um, uh, it's forgettable. The songs aren't very good, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the team is the same creative team that that did something rotten about six years ago, right, seven right. maybe, which was really a great triumph and and really had some great numbers. And this the scenes were great. Um, and this is, I think, more about goodwill than than great stagecraft. Okay. Um, but having said all of that, I do want to put in a plug for. Uh, for Rob McClure, the lead actor, because he really is terrific. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, back to you. Okay. Um, so I have been watching um, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Oh, the newly canceled Cowboy Bebop. The Tell me more. The newly canceled <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, which I don't understand um why it's uh why why it was canceled but whatever okay so this is based on an anime and it's basically i can't quite give you like a time setting or whatever it's definitely sort of set in the future but it's a weird future where it's like everything is kind of retro so you have these old 
50 cars from like the 50s and 60s, but they're, you know, which are very, very cool. But then everybody basically lives in space, but like the tech Mm -hmm. that they use are like very old Apple computers. So it's just this very, like, it's a little mind fucky in terms of the style. Um, and, and the fact that it, it does call out to all of these different eras, which is, which is actually truly delightful too. Um, and it's basically about, uh, these three people on a space, like on a spaceship, they're bounty hunters and, um, one's a, a former hitman, one's an ex cop and one is basically a con artist, um, and they're just uh, they're they're just going around um, trying to they're they're going around trying to collect bounties because they always need money. So they're always ch- but but the but one of them is um, jo- played by John Cho, Spike Siegel mm-hmm. was a member of um, the Syndicate, which is kind of like a gangland. Uh, group right like the big bads um but he is no longer a member he's in hiding um they think he's dead but he's now hooked up with this ex-cop but he can't let the ex-cop know that he was a syndicate member because then the ex-cop won't want to be his friend anymore and then they pick up um yeah and then and then over the way they pick up this this girl who's a kind of a con artist although she's also another bounty hunter but they're always broken they're always going after bounties but they're also being chased by the syndicate um, it is very funny and it's got a sort of noir feel to it. Um, and I'm really enjoying it, which I'm a little surprised about. I mean, it, it just was a little, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch this. And then I was like, oh, wait, John Chosen this. I really like him. I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, I think he's amazing. You know, and, and so I was like, I'll watch it. And, um, and it turned out that I'm really kind of enjoying it. And just like that combination of action and comedy work and the jokes land. Oh yes, completely. Yeah. yeah I think that, I think it, the, the comedy with the action works seamlessly. Um, some of the action sequences, are, there was this one sequence in, I think it was the last episode we watched where, um, the, the cop whose name I just, uh, I, I can't remember the ex cop. He's got a, a daughter and an ex wife and, and, and the ex wife is now like back together with like is dating or married to some other cop, but they have this little girl together and he's trying to be a better dad. And so she's got this recital and they have this technology where even though he can't be there, he, they can, he can kind of like almost like a virtual reality be there and she sees Mm. him there, even though he's not actually in the audience. And so they're doing the scene where it's like, he's actually in the room. And then every once in a while they'll cut to it and show us what's actually going on. And in the background, the John Cho character is holding off all of these baddies so that his, his buddy can like sit in this, like, I think it was, it was like, a post office you can sit in this post office and watch his kids recital and it is like over the top the fights that are going on outside where it looks like john cho is just getting his ass handed to him and you're like dude go out and help your friend go out and help your friend but he's just like there watching his daughter do like her i don't know her little acting thing and he's like he's like clapping and going you go girl and and john cho is getting the shit kicked out of him it was absolutely hilarious it was really funny um, so it's just like, it's stuff like that where they're doing, you know, some visual stuff. I think, you know, a lot of it, I think is pretty smart writing. I've really enjoyed the writing. 
Um, and the performances are fantastic. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, and now it's canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Literally just a couple of days it was announced. Which I don't Which really... seems so uh, foolhardy it, to me. And it seems so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was going right? to say, it just seems so, so rash. Yeah. I mean, because they don't like, they don't really cancel anything. And especially not something that was just, you know, that was like literally just released. And I don't know, I guess there was um, some of the, like the animes fandom, people in the animes fandom don't like the adaptation and they're actively angry about it. Oh, I see. Um, But I, you know, and Anthony, my husband has seen the animation and he's like, I don't know what they're so mad about. Um, he ha- is enjoying both for what they are. Um, so I don't know if the angry fans, there were so like were legion, like there were just so many of them that they ended up getting it canceled. Or I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the. Or if they of... felt like the one like cadre they had of like a guaranteed audience was against them. So why bother? I don't know. Right. I don't know how those decisions get made. I have no totally idea. Honest. It just seemed really fast, you know, especially yeah. since they don't have to worry about ratings. They don't have exactly. to worry about exactly. Nielsen. They don't, you know, they can just do these things that they do. And I, and it just, and I was, I was like, why would you cancel this? Like, it's good. But. It's too bad. I'm but not I'm in the room making it. the decisions. Yeah, I mean it's it's been very it's been very enjoyable. Uh, you know, I mean, is it something where if Succession is on, I'm going to sort of be like, no, wait a minute, Roy family, I need to finish watching Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> hold. No, yeah, oh, oh no, hold no. Um, but it's it's not that. Um, and I, but I think maybe along the lines, oh, this isn't fair either because I think Cobra Kai has nostalgia also working in its favor. And yeah, actually, I, I would have to say so. And they've actually done a great job with acknowledging that and working with the nostalgia. Um, but I, I would put it, it, it coming close to that, um, that sort of oh, Cobra Kai, wow. hmm. um, you know, ju- just the feel of it, right? Like the, like even though it's violent, there's a lot of humor there. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that it's canceled, but. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Especially because I don't think that they gave it a chance. And I'm just like, maybe it's super expensive because I mean, the the scenery is is, uh, phenomenal. Like the scenery is absolutely phenomenal. And it's so much fun to see this sort of, mishmash of time periods that they're throwing in here into this thing it's just super super fun um so i don't know maybe it was like hugely expensive to make and they were just like yeah maybe but i mean it comes to a platform like that i don't even know how you know when you're not getting a good return on your investment well that's what i can't figure out right like it just seems like petty and like yeah like particular because they spent, they clearly spend a lot of money, um, if not on their own, you know, originals, acquiring things from, you know, that they're putting their stamp on. Because I think some of the stuff they've they've acquired, um, you know, like Spanish shows, you know, shows from other countries, and then they just put a Netflix original stamp on it. Is my understanding? Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think I think that happens some of them at least yeah. yeah so i mean they're not producing everything but and but i know that they're paying a lot of money but how do you how do you know like, how are they like cowboy bebop that's just that's just a money loser how do you even know that yeah 
That's one like, question. How can you say that when you're Netflix? Even though you're like, well, it's not streaming the numbers that we wanted. Okay. But does that really matter? I don't I feel like aren't you just talking about the whole being greater than the sum of its parts and whatever gets you to the big number of all of your subscribers there's a combination of people with interest in the variety of things you provide right right i mean i know they don't share it but they must know specific numbers so unless like well and you know now they rank like you know they'll tell you like the 10 most popular things every day i mean obviously they know but um but like unless you know like 10 people are watching something like how do you really define something that's doing that poorly right because i think aren't most habits like people in large numbers watch like whatever the new things are every week so there has to be like some some amount of people that are watching all of these things it would have to be a really no number to not make it cost effective for them so i don't know what that number is i don't know what that budget was And then also you would figure too, I mean, sometimes things take a little time to catch fire, right? Like sometimes things like, look at you when it was on Lifetime, nobody watched it. Right. And then it went to Netflix and it exploded. And so I know, okay, Cowboy Bebop's on Netflix. Um, It can't, it's not going anywhere. Fine. But, but it's still, it's still, I don't think they gave it enough time to find its footing and find its audience before they sort of brought the hatchet down, you know, and they were like, yeah, no, we're, we're done. Um, Which was really disappointing because it was very, you know, talk about diversity. It was a very diverse cast. um, And it was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. That's too bad. Did you finish the whole season? Uh, we are, I think we've got like one or two left. Oh, well, really yeah. enjoy them. <laughs> we will. We will. So that's my sad song. I oh, like that's something. that's too bad. I'm glad you liked it. And it's gone. Some things, some things aren't meant to last forever, I suppose. <laughs> what have you got? Oh, I wanted to talk about another movie I saw that I really liked. Just like yeah. uh, Belfast the, the last time. Um it's called Come On, Come On. It's made by Mike Mills. Not the R.E.M. Mike Mills, but a producer, director, writer, um, who also did Beginners with um, Christopher Plummer and um, Ewan McGregor. Had a brain fart there on his name. Uh, 20th Century Women with Annette Benning. Um, so this one has Joaquin Phoenix, who's like a Ira Saxian, This American Life type of radio journalist. Uh, single guy, uh, travels the country with his producing partners, but he comes to LA to help with his sister played by Gabby Hoffman, who has to deal with her estranged husband's um, struggle with mental illness. And she needs to spend some time in Oakland. So he's essentially taking care of her son. Um, And it starts out with them just having time together in LA. Eventually Joaquin Phoenix has to come back home to New York. And so the kid uh, stays with him. Um, the kid is an actor named Woody Norman, who I believe from internet sleuthing when I saw the movie is actually British, but you'd never know. Um, and he's amazing. It's one of the most unannoying child performances I've seen in a very long time. Wow. And it's a very sweet bond between uncle and nephew. And it's uh, a movie where just it doesn't go for any of those obvious melodramatic scenes. Um, there aren't a lot of like crazy fights or like when will they finally 
get past the hump of like now they trust one another it's not really like that it's more realistic i think there's a lot of stuff under the surface that really like kind of engines the the whole thing along um the johnny and his sister viv they haven't spoken in a year since their mother had died and they um they uh, you know there are flashbacks to when the mother was dying and her sort of like last days with them so there's it's like tinged with sadness without dipping too much into tragedy um and it's shot in black and white by robbie ryan and it's beautiful to look at i think i am biased particularly Mm -hmm. the new york cinematography in black and white it's kind it's like it's a really sweet very realistic very relatable movie that doesn't go it doesn't overstep and it doesn't overstretch. And I, I said when I saw it, I think it's the kind of movie Woody Allen thinks he's always been making, a, oh. except it's always too full of Woody Allen-ness to be <laughs> anything else. It's kind of like that. Okay. Like There's definitely a personal vision and there's definitely, I think, a lot of stuff that is specific to, to Mike Mills that, that comes through. Um, but it's also, I think, a very universal story um, that I think like comes like the story is so complete from start to end um, without like beating itself at all and announcing itself as like, you must love this movie. It's probably Joaquin Phoenix's most subtle performance. And I think maybe his best, certainly one of his best. Um, and Gabby Hoffman is great. But again, like the, as a child performance, Woody Norman is fantastic. Um so it's a big recommendation. It's definitely one of the very best movies. Uh, I think I will have seen this year. We have a few to to power through. Um, and just to preview, next week, uh, Lissa Marr will be joining us to talk about a couple other of uh, the movies that we have really enjoyed this year. So more positive things, more positive vibes to be thrown out as uh, we, we get close to putting a bow on 2021. But Come On, Come On is currently in theaters and will be available on demand, I think, in just a week or 10 days or so from now. Oh, so, okay. Um, Do you know where it's playing on, on demand? I mean, I think you have to buy it. I don't think oh, it's Oh, it's got to buy it. Okay. It's, it's not going to be like yeah, streaming yeah, yeah. on HBO Max or something Yeah, like so it's like 20 bucks instead of 40 That sort of thing. <sighs> got it. I'm feeling really cheap these days, so... Um. I, I said I, I bought a bunch of stuff, end of the year, trips, holiday gifts, blah, 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 on a big no-buy starting New Year's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone who wants to send me anything, care packages, whatever, uh, totally receptive to that. Yeah, I'm kind of not down for spending the money right now, so... Yeah. Um, and then I guess I just wanted to wrap up and sort of say, uh, you know, talk about Anne Rice for a minute. Who yeah, passed away I, th- I think it's 80. important. Yeah. At who, 80. who just passed away, what, two days ago? Yeah, I think, or yesterday? Yeah, two days. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday? Sunday morning? Maybe Saturday? Yeah, so we're Monday night. So, yeah, yeah. still news. Still, still, still fresh. Yeah, still fresh news. Um, so I guess uh, she complications from a stroke her son christopher mm-hmm. that's said. yeah it was a stroke was what i heard yeah um so uh yeah but she was 80 i don't know what she'd been up to uh recently to be honest um but i have a stack of her old books um that i'm still making my way through the mayfair witcher which is um i you know i put it on instagram on my my raiderly account on instagram that um even though sometimes her work 
her work always bewitched me, but sometimes infuriated me. Mm. But yeah. um, but she still was one of the biggest influences on me as a writer ever. Um, so, you know, her death hits hard. I mean, I, st- I can't be sad, though. 80 years old. That's, you know, it's she lived still a good life. life. Yeah. Right. Like, I can't like I don't it's not one of those deaths. Like when Alan Rickman died, I felt like he was too young. Mm-hmm. Right. He still had he still had work to do. Yeah. Um, but with Anne Rice, I felt like she really did, like, it's sad, but she like lived this, um, really fantastic life and she wrote these really fantastic books. Yeah. And she created this unique and like deeply thought out world that, that, I mean, even if you haven't read her books, even if you haven't seen any of the film adaptations, the name itself connotes such a world that is, is such an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the worlds that she built, I mean, yeah. you know, again, like it was a word that I used in uh, lush was the word that I used. I mean, she really did mm, build these lush yeah. words, worlds and they weren't even like present day. It was like she built them over several generate right right like several time periods in one novel you would get and and she brought that sort of impact her like impeccable research and imagination and you know everything that she brought to her books it it never flagged and and that also is a bit of a frustration of mine with her because she can be so um you know she 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 can be so specific with her descriptions that it's like oh my god get on with it Um yeah Yeah, somewhat a product of her time, perhaps, too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a product of her time. When you're reading this, you're like, oh, yeah, she wrote this in the 80s. I can see that. Um, but still a, a blow to um, to the literary world, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she was uh, really a vital contributor as both a popular writer and a genre writer. Yes. So, R.I.P. Anne, but the work you did was amazing. Yes. All right. Um, and there we are. Yeah, I think that that should do it, right? I think so. All right, your girl's yeah. gonna go to bed now. All right. It was my bedtime, day at the magazine, so Greco. it was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day. I had to go to the office today. It's all right. You get you gave what you needed to. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, I think more fun stuff on the boulevard. Um, and if there's anything special that you guys want us to be talking about at year end time, just hit us up on back on the block pod on Facebook. And, uh, and we, we take all suggestions seriously. So stay well, stay warm, all that good stuff. And we look forward to being back with you next week on the block on the boulevard. Thanks. Bye.